The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. In its fourth season of presenting personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, the official podcast of FetishCon. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as other educators and sex-positive personalities sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is your host, John, or as they are known in the kink and fetish communities. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. Season four continues now as we head on towards show number 200 with Mistress Stephanie Locke. Very much looking forward to visiting with her coming up in December. But right now we're gonna visit with a social media influencer, a fashion model, a beauty expert, and a lifestyle expert Someone that has used their platforms not only to talk about brands, but to talk about issues that we all need to hear about. In the saturated market of content creation, Isabel Miller is making her mark. She has over 1 million followers across her social media platforms. On the surface, her alluring presence and sensual content draw her fans in. Take one step deeper and you'll see that Isabel is an intelligent, ambitious, and strong woman, setting herself apart from similar creators. She speaks to having a thick skin, but an open heart in response to online comments and their impact on her mental health, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And she's recently been having some awesome conversations around body positivity, gaining weight in the public eye, and how to handle all those very loud opinions as a content creator. Isabel Miller on what women and other wonderful humans want. What was the genesis of what made our guests who they are? We begin that journey with the first five. Five questions about firsts. First time you ever decided you wanted to put your image out there in public. Oh, fantastic question. So I uh, toyed with the idea back when I started getting interested in modeling. And just to get started, I started posting my photos and videos on Twitter since it was kind of like a bit more free form and less structured and dare I say judgmental than Instagram. So that's the first time I thought about, okay, you know what? Let me actually do this and really see what's out there. When was the first time that you received a comment back 
that really made you feel as though you'd made the right choice? Um, I do not know, actually, because I never really look at the external comments to be like, oh, yeah, you should do this because this is for you. It was a lot more internally driven than that because anybody can comment on my picture and say, oh, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. Because in my mind, if I only look at the comments who say, oh, she's beautiful, oh, maybe she shouldn't do X, Y, and Z, you know, it's kind of like letting people lead me in different directions. And that's something I personally do not care for in my life. So I do my best to really have this internal driven focus when it comes to modeling and putting myself out there. Was there a first time when you were able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am the person I've always dreamed I would be? Wow. I actually look at myself in the mirror and see that I am more than a person I dream I could be. So that's even more powerful to me. Tell me more about that. What is it that brought you to that? Because that really says a lot about your confidence and who you are. Well, I mean, okay, here's a backstory. I was born and raised in West Africa, in New York. Mm -hmm. And back when I was living in West Africa, um, Los Angeles was only in the movies. New York was only in the movies. You know, I would watch mm -hmm. them the e-entertainment channel and be like this is amazing but I never really dug deep into I could actually be there you know in the middle of all this it didn't really enter my mind that much because it was so far-fetched but um, over the years thank goodness with time and self-belief thankfully and imagination as well. I came to the place where I'm like, okay, I feel like a sim in a movie or a video game now because of how everything in my life is set up, how I can manage my own time, have a lot of flexibility on how I want to look, where I want to go, how I want to travel, who I want to be with. And, and I think I have a very fabulous life in so many ways that I didn't imagine, even when I was in college to some extent, because when I entered college, I realized, okay, I'm going to apply to this job in tech after I graduate and work at this company and have an apartment somewhere and then buy a house and the whole nine yards or nine miles, or however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And it was became just way more than that and way more beautiful and way more powerful and acknowledging that I realized that, hey, if this is just a beginning, how far can I go into the future? That's amazing. On the other side of the coin, when's the first time that you had to use your thick skin to get you through a situation? Um, First time? I don't know, maybe when I was a kid. I don't remember since the, the children are always going to tell you something about it, about how oh, you're so short and et cetera. But I don't know. I was very quiet as a child. So I didn't really pay the kids too much mind when it came to that. But as an adult, especially online, I've realized that, listen, these people, they're living, I don't know how many miles away from me. And they have their own issues. They have their own problems. And I cannot make their problems my problems. 
sometimes it's a bit more difficult when it's recurrent and it's a direct attack at you, your character, and who you are as a person. But then again, it's kind of like, hey, these people don't really know me. They will, you know, dive into whatever they perceive of me and uh, function based on that. And you know what? That's fine. That's our choice. I know myself. I know who I am. I know what I look like. I know I am powerful, beautiful, and kind. And that's what really matters. I cannot control what other people think of me. Was there a moment that you said body positivity should definitely be one of the platforms that I talk about? Was there a turning moment that made you go, yeah, this is a positive thing I need to do? Yes. I think roughly two years ago, when my body started changing, I started getting curvier and everything. I realized that, hey, I hear a lot of narrative in my community and my industry that, ooh, as soon as you gain a few pounds, oh my gosh, go on the treadmill and lose everything because that is so bad and shameful. And it's kind of like, I don't like that narrative. Even though I struggle with it, with it myself, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try this diet again next week and see how it goes. Maybe I should be more reasonable here and there. And overall, it's kind of like, you cannot force yourself into certain things if it's simply not working at this time. And there needs to be room for more open-mindedness because healthy is a lot more subjective than you think it is. I know people out there that unfortunately are struggling with eating disorders, but they post a picture online. People are like, oh, that's a healthy looking woman right there. And you don't know her. You don't know what she, you're, she's going through. You're not her doctor. And it's a lot of prejudice because that's what it is. People see a certain body size. It's prejudice. Oh, this person is a good person. This person is a bad person. It's like we need to move beyond this preconceived notions of who a human being is and even what beauty is, because it's just unfortunate to keep having this narrative of shame around our bodies, because listen, we don't even have to be alive right now. So the fact that we are present and alive at this very moment is precious in itself. Now, when it comes to that, I think it's a lot about free will. Some people are completely comfortable with themselves, as big as they want to be, and when it comes to their own personal life functionalities and their long-term life prospect, at the end of the day, no matter how good or bad somebody says it is, it's going to be up to them to decide it. And actually, the funny thing that people don't talk about is how sometimes very healthy people, very good-looking people, just die for no reason. Being healthy is not 100%, uh, you know, a ticket to a long life as you know surprising as it is sometimes so a lot of time people will fail shame and guilt and just personal attacks as health and it's like no because before you ask your friend you know oh you gained 40 pounds oh you have satellite showing and stuff how about you actually ask them how they're doing many people don't do that they never ask that friend hey are, are you okay with your relationship are you okay with yourself? Do you need more time to yourself? Are you overworked? Are you actually living a life you want to live? It's never that. It's always a BS. Oh my gosh, you gained some pounds. I don't care about you. And it's like, first of all, look at yourself in the mirror. Do you even want to look like the way you want to look before talking to me like that? Like, no. 
Because most of the time, when people are happy with themselves, they don't go out of their way to shame others. You can understand why Isabel Miller has over 1 million followers uh, across her platforms. And when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to talk body positivity and we're going to talk social media, how both things can be a positive and sometimes they can be a negative. Our show is presented by Dating Kinky with special thanks to Kinkster Merch on Etsy. For more than three years, we have presented this podcast as a labor of love without paid advertisers. We do this as we want to give back to this wonderful community for all the gifts it has given us. If you want to financially support our efforts, please visit bit.ly slash thanks catsuit and give what you can to help Catsuit travel, teach, and bring you great in-person interviews. We will give you that address again later in the show. Now, here are some words from Catsuit's friends about things you should know about. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur-of-the-moment flames. It is all infused with yoni energy. Search for The Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. We are proud to be the official podcast of FetishCon, and we want you to join us in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 8th through 11th, 2024. The trade show brings together models, producers, industry leaders, and fans from all over the world and brings you great classes in kink or how to become an industry professional. You can get all the details at fetishcon.com. Hi, Katsu. Thank you so much for sharing your wholesome space with the team of Fetish Bacchanal. Sparkle the Brat and I, Goddess Alanis, will be hosting a three-day Kingfield retreat in Jamaica, June 28th to the 30th, 2024. This is going to be an escape of a property with a cleansing mineral cave right in the heart of it. Follow at Fetish Bacchanal on Twitter for more updates on ticket links, vending, performances, and more. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid... BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, and that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Empowering designs for fetish models, 
doms, sex workers, or anyone else who needs to be seen as their authentic selves. Visit the What Women Want podcast store at Kingster Merch on Etsy to see those and other wonderful designs for all Kingsters. Now, back to the show and more with our guests on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Nookie. We are joined by model, content creator, and influencer, Isabel Miller. Isabel, being in Los Angeles, there are obviously hundreds and thousands of people who are wanting to do the same thing as you. How do you stand out in that? I stand out maybe by not trying to stand out. I'm just being myself, to be honest. And sometimes it's tough because you think, oh, am I doing something wrong here? Because I feel like a bit different than the people I'm surrounded with. And I've came to realization that my difference is my power, actually. Standing out is my power. And there's no need to be more conventional, more X, more Y, or more Z, because or else I'll just blend in and I wouldn't be even happy in the end with the results that I see. So it's a lot of um, self-confidence, as cheesy as it sounds. I think it's true. And self-conviction as well. We talked about body positivity just before the break. And last week, on the program, I had a model named Ivy Davenport, who is right around the multiple hundred pound mark. I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And she has been doing fetish modeling for about 20 years. And she is so happy with who she is because people can see her for who she is. It doesn't matter if you're 400 pounds or 99 pounds. People don't see the real you until they get to know you. What's the biggest thing that surprises people when they get to know you? Well, the biggest thing people get to know. I think a lot of times people meet me for the first time. And they're surprised by my accent. They're like, oh, I didn't know you had an accent. <laughs> or they see me and they're like, oh, I thought you were taller because of your picture. So I think it's a lot of mixed in, you know, of um, my accent, my background. That seems pretty unique because my native language is French, but I was born in West Africa and I used to live in New York. And people are like, sometimes they want to put you in a box, but why, why even try? <laughs> Describe the styles of pictures that you like to post and put out on social media. My favorite type of pictures to post on social media are my lingerie pictures because I put a lot of time and effort into styling it, finding the right ones, really exploring that world and putting it in front of the camera because back then I used to browse magazines, Pinterest, the internet in general, Tumblr when it was still a thing, and really get a glimpse of the fashion world, how these editorials come together and everything. And now with technology and social media, it's so much easier to put all these ideas together and put it in front of an audience that is just something that fascinated me. 
And thankfully, I started collaborating with some of the brands that I um, was admiring and wearing already for a long time. So that also became one of the many amazing things that happened in my careers. Was there a moment when you started realizing I've gone from a model that people enjoy following to, oh my gosh, I've got a lot of followers now, and now I'm an influencer. Wow. I think the main point where I realized that was when I was traveling abroad in Finland, actually, and I was there for a few days just to visit and enjoy the saunas that I've heard about. And there was a fan of mine who recognized me at the airport and he DM me on Instagram. He's like, hey, is, was that you? I was like, yeah, sure, it was. And then he uh, messaged me a bunch of local restaurant recommendations and where to go and everything. I already had an idea of what I was going to do there, but then he added all this cool stuff and I was like wow this is amazing and I never realized that oh my goodness in Finland I never realized that people recognize me there you talk about kindness and you talked about it in the first five and that is something that I try to live by every day and try to spread kindness as much as I can what is the key to your being able to spread kindness in the way that you do I think one of the main ways I spread kindness is by avoidance. Avoid going out of your way to be a nuisance to others and say mean things about others. Sometimes just being there, being happy with who you are is all you need, really. But from the other side, when people are mean towards you, and I'm sure that there are a lot of times, especially being in social media, where you can get your feelings hurt. What's the main thing that allows you to pick yourself back up and keep going? By deleting and blocking. It's like, you know what? <laughs> I don't see this nasty comment around my page. If they don't like it, that's fine. I'm surprised why they even follow me and keep commenting in the first place. But hey, they don't really seem happy here. So let me actually help them and move them away. Do people really see you? And the way, the, what I mean by that is you present yourself in a very glamorous way, but do they see Isabel Miller, the non-glamorous person who has a wonderful heart inside? Oh, I will say yes to some extent. It is not the priority of the content I create at this time at least. But um, I do show a lot of glimpses of that, especially on my OnlyFans page, because that's where I post my most intimate content and I talk directly to the fans there. And yeah, some people will see it. Some people, they, it might, you know, escape them. Do you have a good percentage of people that do send respectful things? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. I think the majority of the people who interact are very respectful. Some of them, you know, unfortunately, like the nasty comments, you have to get rid of them because if they're not being appropriate, even if they pay a membership fees, are still a decorum to uphold. 
So I think for the most part, the fans want to be as kind and respectful as possible too. You talked about going through a little bit of a transformation a few years ago, gaining some weight, but you discovered a new side of you that actually brought out your beauty even more. Describe to me how that transition went through in your mind and how you were able to just make the best of it rather than sit back and go, oh gosh, everybody's going to talk about this. I think it was, honestly, I will be fully honest. It was not easy because it's a lot of getting used to Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of letting go of blame in general and self-blame and external pressure. And that takes time to do. That takes a lot of self-awareness as well. But otherwise, I think some of the encouraging comments honestly helped a lot because a lot of my fans, they didn't care. Some of them noticed. And the ones, honestly, who were nasty about it also got blocked from all my pages. And some of them actually tried to come back and be like, oh, I'm sorry, Isabel, I shouldn't have said this. But um, otherwise... I think the positivity of my surroundings helped to, to a certain extent, but also realizing that, hey, the best I can do right now is to love myself, regardless of how I look. And also I had to uphold a lot of boundaries, a lot of personal boundaries and a lot of bridges to burn because a lot of people are afraid to be like letting people go. But when you feel that somebody is not respecting you and respecting where you are in life at a certain point, they don't need to be there. No one has to deal with bullying or crappy comments from other people. And one thing too, you should never have to be in a place where you like, you're being told that, oh, you're too sensitive because you actually care to be respected. I think people who will tell you, oh, you're being too sensitive because I made a shitty comment. Sorry for my language. That's perfectly uh, fine happy comments to a certain person it's like hey you're the one who should apologize i'm not gonna go to somebody out there point out as a flaw and expect to be or to 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 be uh welcome in open arms the world doesn't work like that at least my world and if they're not respecting the rules if they're not respecting your boundaries and who you are as a human being this is your sign to let go and the fact is bullies online and I haven't even talked about this on the show because it really hasn't merited the conversation, but in this context, I will talk about it, is mm-hmm. there is a group of people here in my local area who have come after me, and I still to this day don't know why. Maybe it's because I have a voice. Maybe it's because people uh, tend to like me because of my kindness and stuff, but literally one person in particular who I've never met wouldn't know him if I saw him on the street, but just decided to use his platform to start saying really nasty things about me. And I said, you know, I'd love to sit down and talk with you and let you get to see who I am. And interestingly enough, he refused to do that and continued his comments. So I finally did what so many of my friends have said and basically as 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 he put it jokingly i took out the trash and simply blocked him (laughs) now the interesting part is he goes the trash takes out itself but he doesn't realize that by me blocking him i have taken the trash and i've put it outside the door and i don't have to deal with it 
Exactly. So I understand exactly what you're talking about when you have people who you've never met, who probably wouldn't know you if they passed you on the street out of context, mm -hmm. who say nasty things just because they want to be nasty. And I don't understand that. Yeah, I've realized most of the time these people are miserable anyway, so I let them be miserable elsewhere. Your publicist talked to me a little bit about the fact that you have shared a lot of stories about personal experiences that have allowed you to be who you are. Is there one in particular that you can think of that could really help our audience be able to see themselves in a more authentic way? I think one of the main experiences that really allowed me to be who I am today is to overall really take a look at the big picture of where I started and where I where I where I came from and who I became today. And a lot of it came up from my own inner sense of creativity, exploration, curiosity. And really embrace the things that made me special when I was young and still carried on over the years. Because a lot of some people will comment on things like, for example, I used to go to libraries when I was young to just read. And then a teacher will tell my mom, oh, she's too quiet. You know, she's not playing enough with the kids. And it's like, it's always going to be nonsense that people are going to say about you. So even though I was a child, I still had this notion of like, People don't always say the right things. They don't always have the same the quote unquote right opinions. And sometimes you just have to go your own way. And that advice, that own inner sense of intuition, love, and confidence really went far with me and really helped me out in the long run in a way that's way beyond what I expected. So you know what? I take all the blessings in life and really appreciate what I have. When did you move from West Africa to the States? 14 years ago. What did you take from where you called home? Some traits or some qualities or some traditions that you've brought here that allow people to see you in a more awesome way? I think definitely open-mindedness, culturally speaking, because one thing I've noticed about the US, it can sometimes be very insular culturally. You only see American movies, you only see you know, American TV shows, maybe some British ones in between. You only hear American music, and sometimes you even more mainly eat Americanized food. So really growing up in West Africa and being surrounded by all types of cultures, I saw like, I watched French movies, German movies, TV shows and et cetera, all kinds of different artists. And that really opened my mind as to what's out there and that not everything just revolves around one culture, one country. So that really helps out in the long run, creatively speaking, and also when traveling, being open to like new languages and everything. So I think that really served me well. You had the opportunity to take in all that culture and admittedly in the United States growing up here and now living here now 60 years, 
I have seen where we've gone from four television channels to this amazing world of of cable and now streaming where you can see just about anything. But I think it's honestly been about the last maybe five years. And Netflix has a lot to do with this mm-hmm. where you can see entertainment from other cultures, Squid Game from Korea, the amazing shows that come out of Spain. I absolutely love German shows. So amazing to the point where I'm almost watching those more than I'm watching the same old thing where everybody remakes what they've already known here in America. Exactly. I think also the internet, TikTok has a lot to do with it. YouTube, everything, because I think the younger generation now, now are more open-minded to what's out there and are more aware to how other people live in different countries. So I think that's very beautiful. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make when you came to the States? I think number one is the language, because now I actually have to speak English all the time. But it's all good. Thankfully, I had a healthy foundation. And I think another one, too, was to kind of like, um, oh, I think it escaped me, actually. I was going to say something, but I, I forgot what else it was. Oh, well, hopefully it comes back to me. <laughs> That happens in conversation, perfectly understandable. (laughs) Some of the things that you like to talk about, I know, are content creation and business. Content creation is, as many of our uh, guests have been able to tell me, it is a very, very tough business to be in because people are always expecting more. How do you know where that line of more is? I think you highlighted right now one of the toughest aspects of content creation in general. And really, really tuning in into what is it that draws the line because it's hard. It is very difficult because part of you it's on a hamster wheel and always want to do more to be better and to be out there with a great and be a legend and all that stuff. But actually I've realized overall that I have to know my limits because if I don't, then that's going to drag me down versus lifting me up. So by that, I mean that let's say that somebody is on Twitch or doing something that I don't have a genuine interest in, then I'm going to be pushing the wrong direction because then I'm going to be like, okay, now I need to be on this Twitch channel and stream and dance and do all this stuff that I don't have a genuine interest for to quote unquote, get a bigger audience. And also sometimes it's not just about getting that bigger audience, it's about maintaining that audience because people get bored, they go away. So now I have to worry about maintaining an audience on a platform that I don't care for. And it's like, it adds a lot of mental weight that is not going to be fruitful in the long run. And it's just going to lead to more burnout and resent. So I have to do what's fair for me. So one thing about being a content content creator, I think that's important that I've learned over the years is to actually put yourself first. Put yourself first 
before the fans, before the management companies, before the agents, before the collaborations and all that stuff, you have to be first. Because if you're not first, you're going to be last and that's not going to be pretty in the long run. How difficult was it to gain a following? Because there are so many places that will sell you 10,000 followers. Well, and a lot of scams that go on out there. But you've earned all your following. How did you do it? I think a lot of it was consistency. And it's not necessarily easy in a sense that, oh, I'm just going to do whatever and they'll come anyway. It's a lot of strategy as well, because let's say that some pictures do well on a certain platform, but it might not do well on the, on another platform. So you have to be judicious as to what platforms you need to post on when, sometimes with what photographers. And it's a lot that goes into it. And it's a lot of surrender as well. And that's something that I've learned over time is to, you know, sometimes you need, you actually need to surrender to as to whatever outcomes comes out of it because I cannot control how many people choose to follow my page at the end of the day. I cannot control the Instagram algorithm. I can only control what I create and who I am. Beyond that, I cannot do anything about it. And I think that frees up a lot of the mental toll of, I want to gain more followers. And one thing too that's changing about social media now is like, it's not about size alone anymore. Because sometimes you'll hear people out there that have millions of followers, 10, 20, I don't know, 30 million, but I've never heard of these people before. So a lot of times it's about the quality of your following and also the quality of the content you make. So it's not all just about, I want 10,000 followers. It's like, what do I want these 10,000 people to follow me for? And I think that's very powerful and very important to look into. We started three years ago and we've developed a following, which I, I honestly believe is the people who listen to the show. I mean, sure, we'll get some of those bot followers like everybody else does, but we have had this small but mighty movement that keeps on gaining momentum, becoming the official podcast of FetishCon helped us a little bit. Having an amazing person like Stephanie Locke who agreed to be on our 200th show. Little things that allow us to gain traction to hopefully be able to get up there to be able to make a real difference in our community. That's my goal here. It's not about the money. It's literally about making a difference for our community. Was there a moment for you when you knew you started gaining the traction and it really started moving forward? Yes. I think it was about three years ago around the pandemic where I just started seeing everything just coming together and really gaining, like you said, that traction. And I think that momentum really helped me become more consistent and really believe in what was happening. And I think that helped me out a lot as to gaining all these, uh, all this attention. So yeah, it was way above what I imagined and I'm pretty grateful for it. Let me talk a little bit about collaboration because I have some people that I collaborate, but you do it on a different level, being an influencer with as many followers as you do have. You have the ability for brands to come to you and say, we want you to showcase our brands. 
How does that come about? Is it something where they're contacting you or do you find a place that you're like, I really like their stuff. I'm going to reach out to them. It's both. It's both. Sometimes the brands contact me. Sometimes I contact them. And I think it's really beautiful because once I start creating the content, then it feels like I'm in the commercial and everything. So that's a lot of fun to do. And yeah, I'm very happy about it. What's the first brand that contacted you and you said yes? And what was it about the feeling of that that just made you say, wow, we finally got here? Wow. I think one of the first brands I've collaborated with was um, actually Pretty Little Thing. And it was through an intermediary. And I was like, oh, wow, now I'm collaborating with stuff I used to buy in college. You know what? I'll go for it. <laughs> now, that must have that must have felt just amazing because you're like, yeah, I, I know this stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, an offic officially an influencer now. Count me in. <laughs> <laughs> Question for you about Instagram. You talked about the Instagram algorithm. I call it the line that constantly moves and you never know who it's going to zap and who it's going to promote. Have you oh, ever, yeah. have you had situations with Instagram where they go, nope, that picture's too sexy? All, all the time, all the time. And it's kind of disappointing sometimes because um, some of them are with brands and it's kind of like, you know what? I don't see anything wrong with this picture. But what I have to do is kind of like edit the post in a way that makes it more suitable according to Instagram. And the thing that bothers me the most with it is that Instagram is controlling you, controlling your creativity, telling you, oh, mm, I don't like this picture. No, this, okay, no. And I don't think that's genuine. I don't think that, that fosters a healthy relationship between the platforms especially since the content that's a zap is kind of like, you know what? Celebrities are out there posting way worse than this. So definitely we see a preferential treatment there. You have Playboy, who is a corporation, posting way racier content than I do. And it's like, they don't get to zap, but I do. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it is a difficult thing, especially with some of the people that I work with. Uh, and have had on this show. There are legitimately sex workers who are doing actual work out there, helping mm -hmm. others find who they are. Mm -hmm. And they can post the exact same pictures you mentioned mm -hmm. as a celebrity wearing the same outfit and the celebrity, oh, it's fine. They, well, we're sorry, we've, we've taken away your Instagram and the 35,000 followers that you had. Good luck starting over again. Yeah, it is awful. It's really awful. And I think people realize it sooner than later. And I think the bottom line is going to be the platforms are just going to realize their own mistakes in the future that the way they treat people, the way they treat the, the people and creators that are on these platforms is just, you know, reprehensible. And somebody out there is going to do a better job than they're in the future. And people will flock will just flock over there. And that's just how the world works. OnlyFans is a is a platform that you use. 
have you found that that line moves too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, over the years, it's gotten tighter and tighter on what they allow and what they don't. And I think that's just a natural progression of, you know, the social media landscape and companies, because I think they also have their own overlords who tell them what to do and what not to do. They have the banks who say, oh, we don't want this. We don't want that. And, you know, maybe they have also legal requirements that we don't see as consumers, creators. So I think overall, it's kind of like some of it, like Instagram, Facebook, Meta, how you, however you want to call them. Some of them, you know, they really want to tighten up the thing to make it maybe more advertiser friendly, et cetera. And, but when it comes to OnlyFans, I don't know, really. I think a lot of people might put pressure on them because they're anti-pornography, they're anti-anything fun, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think over the years, it definitely tightened up on the rules. What's the biggest misconception people have about the material that you do? Oof, that's a really, really good question. I think that sometimes people think that OnlyFans is only pornography and that's all you do. So sometimes you have these expectations that you're just going to do anything under the sun. And it's kind of like, no, that's just not how it works. I do a variation of content out there and I just do what I want first and foremost. So I think a lot of times people, especially when they kind of come from the mainstream pornography content consumption, they think that people are just out there doing anything that they want them to. And it's like, no, we're not sex dolls. We're not sex robots here. I don't have somebody above me telling me what to do on camera, telling me I have to do the, I have to do X, Y, and Z, or else we're going to sack you from the company. No, I don't have that. And you don't get to direct me and be like, you need to shoot with this person. You need to shoot X and Y and Z. Because that's what we want out of you. And it's like, no, 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 not here. I had a guest on in one of my early shows named Siri Dahl, who is and was an amazing person in the world of porn. Very mm -hmm. proud of what she did. Um, and then she decided she wanted to go into powerlifting. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's impressive. And her body transformed into something that was absolutely remarkable, a very athletic body. Yes. And she decided that that's what she wanted to do. Yes. And yet fans said, we miss the old you. When the fact was, they missed a vision of her. They didn't miss her. Exactly. So when you see people who feel like they're entitled to see you in one way or another, what's the switch that goes in your head that says, you know, I need to stick to what I believe in rather than just kowtowing to what others want? The switch that goes in is, do I want to do what makes me happy? or what makes them happy. And there's only one right answer to this. 
Absolutely. We're going to take a break on the program and we'll have more with Isabel Miller when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. We're presented by Dating Kinky with special thanks to Kingster Merch on Etsy. Connect with the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter, because that's what we still call it, at What Women Want P1. On Instagram, as long as they don't suspend us, at What Women Want Podcast. On Pinkster, at What Women Want Podcast. And on FetLife, as WWW Podcast. And if you want to follow our host, that's easy as they are high there, Catsuit, on all platforms. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to reach out. Now, some more words with Catsuit's friends. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Craptaculous boundaries are not your fault. The more severe the dysfunction you experienced growing up, the more difficult boundaries are for you. David W. Earle. Or as Ms. Titania said, Nobody ever warns you that when you come from dysfunction, a healthy mind can feel unsafe. We spend our lives being controlled by others, so we learn to control others. Or we allow others to control us in exchange for love. Learn more about Take No Shit. Build better relationships through discovering, creating, and maintaining healthy boundaries in three, sometimes five, simple steps at my.curiouser.com. That life. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Thank you for joining us. Please show your support of the show by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and leaving us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our video channel at youtube.com slash at what women want podcast. And to financially support the show, which we greatly appreciate, please visit bit.ly slash thanks catsuit and give what you can to help catsuit travel, teach, and bring you great in-person interviews. We very much appreciate it. This is Nookie. And Dating Kinky has brought you this podcast since day one. We believe in great education for our community. And this is just one of our efforts. Please join us at Dating Kinky, 
built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Polly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, joined by Isabel Miller from California. You have taken this influencer role to heart, and you've done it not in just a way to show off brands, but to show off positivity and show off even some mental health issues. Have you gotten one of those notes that said, Isabel, you changed my life by allowing me to see blank? Thankfully, yes. And those messages always make me happy. I get a lot of comments and messages telling me, oh, I really love seeing you every day. It really puts a smile on my face. So sometimes it's just to small things that make a difference. Have there been any from women that have said you inspire them? Yes, yes. And I'm really, really happy for them as well because that really, that touches me a lot too. Do you have a particular example that you might be able to share with me? I think there's some women who... uh I think I, I may or may not have met her before, but she did share with me uh, either DM or through email that, you know, I really inspired her to start an OnlyFans and if I had any advice and things like that. So that really, really touches me too. You seem to be a very well-educated person. And one of the things you like to talk about is education. Talk to me about the role of that in your life. I think education is um, it's more than just credentials. It's more than just academics. I think a lot of it is a 360 view of the world. And it's not just about, like you said, being tunnel visions of I'm going to get my PhD and master's and all that stuff, which is fantastic. But even in my own lane, I realized that, hey, I don't know if academics are necessarily right for me. I learned so much from just life experience itself that I don't necessarily want to have to perform for others to be considered educated. I don't want to have to be out there or I have to write a 30 page dissertation or, you know, resume of X, Y, Z. I don't have to work with Goldman Sachs to be, you know, to be mm -hmm. considered educated or even quote unquote successful, however you decide to find success. So sometimes even picking up a book that you like, and if you don't like reading, you can listen to a podcast. I think education is more about discovery, first and foremost, and learning versus, oh, did you get an A plus on this test or what's your GPA and et cetera. So I have a very structured way to educate myself and learn along the way, which I love overall. I have absolutely enjoyed listening to your accent because I am someone who loves accents. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, and it's just simply self-serving. If you were to give your elevator speech of introduction, this is who I am, but totally do it in French, what would it sound like? Oh, an introduction in French. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
Um, so it's going to be, bonjour, je suis Isabelle Miller et je suis très ravie de vous rencontrer aujourd'hui. Je suis là avec uh, David King et uh, on est là en train de parler d'un peu de tout, d'être une influenceuse et je vous souhaite une très bonne journée. I just loved hearing that. Thank you for indulging me. Please tell us how we can follow you on the different platforms because I'm sure our listeners are going to be very curious as to how your journey continues. I am delighted to invite you to follow me on Instagram. It's going to be Isabel Miller X and on TikTok, which has a maybe more personal site to me as well. It's Isabel Miller. Fantastic. And you do have an OnlyFans for those who are interested in the more personal touch, I understand. Of course. And those are going to be linked in my bio on Instagram and on YouTube. The Perfect. Also, Isabel Miller. Isabel, absolute joy talking to you, to you today and uh, getting to know somebody who is an influencer. I don't talk to many of them. Um, sometimes influencer makes me go, what are they actually doing? But you have explained to me very well what it's about. And it's taking a platform and creating positive messages, both commercially and personally. And I really appreciate you opening my eyes to the positive reason that influencers are good to have around. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you have this perspective because sometimes you get a bit of hate, but otherwise, you know what? It's, it's all good. As long well, as the world is in place, that's what matters. Well, I do definitely appreciate you, Isabel, and thank you for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. What a lovely young lady Isabel Miller is, and it's great to talk to her, and I really appreciated her adding a little French to the content as well. Have you missed an episode or want to catch up on our nearly 200 episodes? All our shows are available in the archives. And here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She is our all-time most popular guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, and we're happy to have her back. Venus of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast will be our guest next time. New shows premiere every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Really looking forward to reconnecting with Venus as we head to our 200th episode with the amazing mistress, Stephanie Locke, who will look back at over a half century of domination and fetish. It's going to be an interesting conversation that's coming up in December. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters 
for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.